Hi Church, welcome again to another session of Chew on the Word. I want to share with you tonight some, some, something that is burning in my heart that I'm very, very passionate about, and that is the church. I want to share with you tonight on God's perspectives of His church. So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 11. Let me begin. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. I, that is Paul, became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Right at the outset, Paul is giving his credentials, so to speak, stating that he's a servant of the gospel. That's his credential. You would have thought that when someone gives his credential, he would probably say, hey, I'm the apostle, I'm the prophet, I'm a leader. No. For Paul, his greatest credential is a servant of the gospel. I just want to say that I, I'm preparing myself very hard to do Revelation next year with all of you. And I'm so amazed that the first verse of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1, states the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him to show his servants what must take place. Right in the first verse of Revelation, the whole book of Revelation is to show His servants. So being a servant of God is the highest honour. So to Paul, he begins by saying, I became a servant of His gospel, verse 7, by the gift of God's grace given me <coughs> through the working of His power. Even that as a servant is a gift of His grace. Can you imagine that? You would have thought that being a servant or nothing, but no, it is the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power as a servant, you know. And then in verse 8, although I am less than the least of all God's people, that's the contrast here. Paul says that I'm the least of the least of all God's people. This grace given me is to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Here you see a contrast. Paul says I'm the least of the least to do the greatest of the greatest work. And what is it? Not to be an apostle, not to lead the church, no but to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, the lowest of the low, to do the highest of the highest. The contrast was in between God's grace. You know, again and again, it is God's grace that we are what we are today to serve the Lord. And in verse 9, he says not only to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, but to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, 
who created all things. So the, the grace of God to do what? To do what? It is to preach this mystery, to administrate this mystery. What is this mystery? Well, it is the mystery of the one new man. You find that in chapter 2, verse 14 to verse 18. So Paul is saying, I am blessed. I am, I am honoured to be the servant of God to preach this mystery, which is the one new man. Uh, is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 10 to verse 11, which is the crux of what I'm going to share with you tonight, Paul tells us what is the role of the church. What is the, the scope of the church? Paul tells us in verse 10 to verse 11, which is my key verses tonight, what is God's perspective? What is God's view of the role of the church, the scale, the scope of the church towards this end? Let, let me read verse 10 to verse 11, and I'm going to refer to this again and again tonight. His intent, God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what is God's perspective of His church? I see three perspectives and they're very, very important. And I told you, what I'm going to share with you tonight is very passionate to me. I, I, I believe in it because I believe in a local church. So the first perspective God has about His church is that the church is the channel for God's purpose accomplished in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Verse 10, verse 11. His intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the church is key and absolutely fundamental to God's purpose which Jesus Christ accomplished at the cross. So at the cross, Jesus accomplished His finished work and the church is very essential to that purpose, to the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross. So don't underestimate and downplay the role of the church because the church is very key, absolutely essential to God's purpose, which He accomplished through Jesus Christ at the cross, verse 11. The cross is so important to me, I get very upset, very disgusted when people say negative things about the church, especially in the Facebook. You know, I get very upset about it because the church is so important. The church is seen as fundamental to the purposes of God, which He accomplished through Jesus Christ at the cross. So we must honour the church. We cannot in any way despise the church. Yes, yes, I know the church is imperfect. There are a lot of defects in the church. But I view it as 
is God's instrument. You know, it, it's like a, a building under construction. The church is under construction. So when you pass a building under construction, a wonderful skyscraper, what do you see? Scaffoldings. Is it beautiful? No, it's ugly. You look at the scaffoldings and say, oh, what is this? It's under construction. But you take away the scaffoldings. What do you see? A beautiful skyscraper, a beautiful building. So the church is under construction. We are imperfect, yes. But one day, one day, the scaffoldings will be removed. And then you see the beautiful church. Uh, Ephesians 5, 27. Jesus Christ will present to Himself a radiant church without taint, without stain, without wrinkle, without blemish. So never, never despise the church. So the first perspective I see from God's point of view is that the church is essential in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The second perspective I see about the church here is that the church from God's point of view is the channel, the conduit, if you like, for the manifold wisdom of God. Not only the finished work of Jesus Christ, but the manifold wisdom of God. Read again verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, it is God's intention or intent that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Isn't it amazing? We need the wisdom of God. I don't know about you. I need the wisdom of God. The world needs the wisdom of God. Why? Because the world is filled with deafness. They can't hear. The world is filled with darkness. They can't see. The world is filled with deadness. They cannot live. But here, through the manifold wisdom of God, God then through the church gives life, gives sight, gives hope. Isn't it amazing? The church is the conduit of the manifold wisdom of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. But the amazing thing is this. The manifold wisdom of God is manifested not only to us in the world, but to whom? This blows my mind. Look at verse 10. His intent is that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What does it mean? And this is the third perspective about the church from God's viewpoint. Not only is the church essential in the purposes of God through the finished work of Jesus, not only is the church the conduit or the channel of God's manifold wisdom, 
but the church is the manifestation of God's awesome wonder to the heavenly realms. In other words, God wants to display to the heavenly realms, to the rulers in the heavenly realms, the wonder and the splendor of the church. It, it just tells me that God is very proud of the church as if to say to the rulers in the heavenly realms, hey, look at my church. I'm so proud of it. Are you? Are you proud of it? I am. I'm very proud of not only my church. I'm very proud of the church of Jesus Christ in Malaysia. And it is God's intent that through the church, He wants to display the glory of the church to the heavenly realms. You know, it reminds me of the movie, The Greatest Showman, The Greatest Show on Earth, I think, or something like that, uh, starring Hugh Jackman, um, Zac Zephron, and Zendaya. And you know, in that, in that movie, the, a lot of beautiful songs were heard. You remember that? Um, what do you call that? In a million years, uh, in, a, in a million years, and uh, 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 this is me, you know, that kind of song. I think one of the songs won the best song in the Golden Globe uh, of 2017. You know, it shows that the greatest show on earth was that. But I'm telling you this, there is a greater show. There is the greatest of the greatest of the greatest show that is going to be shown and displayed and manifested to the heavenly realms. And this is the church. God's end time design and intent was that through the church, the glory of God will be manifest. Wow, it amazes me. The big question is, who is the church? We. We are the church, my friends. Who are we? Imperfect. Defective. Broken jars of clay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Let me read. Broken jars of clay. Crackpots, if you like. And yet, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we, you and I, the church, have this treasure in jars of clay, cracked, broken, jaded, crackpots, to show that this, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His glory, His light, shine in our hearts, in our bodies, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The Shekinah glory of God is deposited into this jar of clay so that the glory of God can be displayed to the heavenly realms. Whoa! I'm so proud of the church. I'm so proud of my church. I'm so proud of the church of Jesus Christ in Malaysia and worldwide. When I look at the three perspectives of God regarding the church, that the church is essential and key in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that the church is the conduit for the manifold wisdom of God, 
and the church is the manifestation of the wonderful, marvelous wonder of God that He wants to display to the heavenly realms. There can only be two responses from you and for me. Only two appropriate responses from you and from me to the church. Number one, love the church. Love the church. Imperfect though it may be. Ephesians 5, 25, I already mentioned it to you. Christ loved the church and gave Himself for the church. And one day in Ephesians chapter 5, we read, Jesus will present to Himself the radiant church without stain, without blemish, without wrinkle. Because Christ loved the church. So you and I must love the church just as Christ loved the church. Number two, the second response that I encourage you, my friend, regarding the church is not only love the church, but let's build the church. Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is His church, with or without, with or without you, with or without me. Jesus Christ will build His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And my encouragement to you is let's partner with Jesus and let's build His church. Don't worry about making America great. Let's make the church great again. Shall we do that? Don't make America great again. Make the church great again. The intent is global. The impact is cosmic. The instrument is the church. So let's partner with Jesus. Love the church and build the church. Let me close by sharing with you uh, in the illustration of an aircraft carrier. Every Sunday, somebody speaks through the loudspeaker in the aircraft carrier with this announcement. Chapel service begins in half an hour. Stop all unnecessary work. So everybody stops. And those who wants to go to chapel service, go to chapel service. Half an hour later, the same announcement comes out. Chapel is now over. You can now restart all unnecessary work. It's comical. It's funny. As if the announcer said that only chapel service is necessary, every other work is unnecessary. I know something is a ring of truth in it. I'm not saying that only work for the church is necessary, every other work is unnecessary. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. The work of the church, the building of His church is essential and important to God. And when I say this, I say this with all my conviction. Why? Because I gave up my, my career, my entire medical career, I gave up my life to serve God through the church, S-I-B-K-L. Why? Because I believe in a local church. I believe 
that through the church, His glory will be displayed. I believe that through the church, God's wisdom will be, will be channeled through. I believe that the church is the funda- one of the fundamental purposes of the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross. Will you join me? The partner with Jesus to make the church great again. Let's all love the church. Let's all build God's church together. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I commend to you, not only SIBKL, but all the churches represented in Malaysia and everyone who's listening to this chew on the word from every church, Lord, whatever denomination or vernacular language. I bless them. I bless every local church. And I pray, God, that we will be so, so passionate so, so taken up, Lord, with a zeal and a passion to build your church and to love your church, Father Lord, because Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. And so we should be doing the same. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless, I bless every church in Malaysia. And I want to bless, especially SIBKL, I want to bless all of you, friends. I bless you. I bless your family. And I pray that you together with me will build our church strong, excellent, dynamic to influence the nation and impact generations from generations to generations that the church of Jesus Christ will display the manifold wisdom of God and display the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only to the people on the earth, but also to the rulers and authorities and the heavenly realms so that God can be very proud of your church and my church. Hallelujah, Father, we bless your holy name that we can partner with you on this wonderful, wonderful work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful night's sleep.